This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2503, You Must Go Do the Next Thing, by David Kane of raptitude.com, and I'm Justin Mollick, and I'm gonna jump right into today's post as we optimize your life. You Must Go Do the Next Thing, by David Kane of raptitude.com. I had the privilege of being present at my father's death. It was not like I expected. With illness, you see the person, the personality, fade over time. You come to expect that death will simply be what you call it when there's nothing left. In light of this, it's easy to imagine that a life can taper down to nothing without any hard edges. But death itself does come down to a single moment. He was breathing, and a moment later, he was not. Having been aware of his prognosis for five years or so, I had already envisioned the moment many times, but I had it all wrong. I expected it to trigger intense grief, hysterics. Instead, I found I felt intensely happy for him. He had arrived at the finish line, and I was there to witness it. It struck me with all the suddenness of a lightning flash that he was the only one in the room with no problems at all, not a trace. All his uncertainties, needs, and worries evaporated while ours still filled the room. I watched intently as he was freed from the enormous weight of simply being alive, an unbelievably heavy thing which I'd somehow lost track of until that moment. That heaviness is something I had never fully appreciated until I saw somebody being liberated from it. The four of us at his bedside very clearly still carried it and hung in the room like wet laundry. It's in the hallway too, in the nurses' faces, in the other patients, in their weary families. And we were grieving for who? The man with no more troubles. I do forget it sometimes that life is a constant, forceful mixture of push and pull, a ceaseless assault of needs and hopes. As pervasive as it is, we appreciate the weight of this tumult about as often as a goldfish thinks about water. Life's current is heavy and unpredictable and bigger than us, and as long as we're alive, we are at its mercy. Altogether, I do think it's worthwhile to be in it for most of us most of the time. Not that we asked for it, but our fate is to dance with this immense force until it lets us go. So we better learn to dance. The insight that may very well mark the beginning of my venture into the study of quality of life came from the late author Richard Carlson, quote, Remind yourself that when you die, your in-basket won't be empty, end quote. We often live life as if the point of it is to finally untangle the whole mess, to resolve all of our needs, to get to the bottom of all of our problems, to check off all our to-do items, to relieve all stress, to balance it all out. It should be plain to anyone that for every concern that is duly handled, another emerges to replace it. Yet we are so prone to looking at our list of worldly concerns as if it is something finite that we can conquer. I suppose it is finite, but do you really want to be done with it? Our progress in working through the details of life seems to be the one thing that is of absolute importance. This parade of concerns gives us a degree of urgency that never really goes away until the parade stops. C'est la vie. Or is it? As I very slowly get a little better at managing the stuff in life, I'm getting markedly better at being okay with everything's eternally half-done status. 
I'm getting better at coexisting peacefully with stuff that needs fixing, problems I don't know how to handle, opportunities I am mismanaging, and even my anxious moods. Peace with anxiety, anxiety with peace, somehow. Now and then I can sit right in the middle of all of my uncertain and unfinished business and relax in the knowledge that everything really is in its right place. Strangely, the more I'm okay with everything being not quite okay, the better I am at moving the little things along to a place where they do feel okay. Make sense? Not really? That's okay. If peace is only allowed to come when there is nothing buzzing in our minds, no worrisome thoughts or unresolved issues, then it's gonna be a long time before we arrive at it, and from there, there's nowhere else to go. If we need to put every concern to bed before we can sit and be truly okay with the whole picture, then the world's football coaches and drill sergeants have been right all along. You can rest when you're dead. Life doesn't stop until it does. Whatever has happened, if you are alive, you must go do the next thing. After the doctor's formal pronouncement, we lingered in the room for a bit. We said our goodbyes and gave our thanks. While there was no conceivable rush to leave, Eventually, there was nothing else to do. We put on our coats, left the ward, and took the elevator down to the main floor. You just listened to the post titled, You Must Go Do the Next Thing by David Kane of raptitude.com. We've heard from a lot of amazing people on this podcast, but if you're like me, you wanna go deeper. So where can you go to learn from the most remarkable people? That's Masterclass. Masterclass offers unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with over 180 world-class instructors, plus every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like John Kabat-Zinn's. He's a mindfulness expert who teaches you how to incorporate meditation into your everyday life. I've loved his class, It's really helped me to hone my meditation skills, especially when I'm out and experience stressful situations and don't have the time or space to have a proper meditation session. I feel that thanks to his class, I've really been able to stay more composed no matter what's happening. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash old. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash old. Masterclass.com slash old. And thank you to David for this post. It's a tough topic to write about watching a loved one die. And I went through a similar experience in my teens with my own dad. And I do think it sometimes takes that sort of experience to really appreciate what both life and death have to offer. It's an odd thing to say what death has to offer, especially when we're younger and we're more afraid of death. As we get older and start to understand it better, we see what David saw, that all these little tiny things that compound over time, like worries, anxieties, clutter, and any kind of clutter from physical to mental and emotional, all of these things evaporate in an instant, cleaned away for us, just simply gone. The physical stuff might remain, but the weight is lifted in that moment I would imagine that it's incredibly freeing, like flying in a way. It's like you'd feel so light not being weighed down by anything, any kind of pain, but even the actual physical weight of our bodies. It's a strange thing to think about and something we don't visit very often, but one could argue that we should. 
a quote in there that I especially liked. Strangely, the more I'm okay with everything being not quite okay, the better I am at moving the little things along to a place where they do feel okay. I think what he's talking about there is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. It really is a path to a less anxious, fearful, and worried life, or in other words, a less painful life, all by being a little more uncomfortable. It's funny how that works. There was an article all about that that I particularly enjoyed back in episode 2462, so you can check that out for more if you'd like. But I'll leave it there for today. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.